episode 406, Break Your Self-Help Addiction with Brian D. Ridgway. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Hi, I'm Adam Lewis Walker, founder of Awaken Your Alpha, the number one personal leadership podcast network that is also a best-selling book, Awaken Your Alpha, Tows and Tactics to Thrive, and also a TEDx talk, Awaken Your Alpha, How to Rise Up. You can see a theme here, but please do check these out. If you like the talk, if you like the podcast, you will love the book. The book is the best of the best, and it's available on Amazon. This podcast is brought to you by The Talk Accelerator, helping thought leaders increase influence, income, and impact by achieving their talk. If you'd like to find out more about how you can get onto the red spot, please do head over to talkaccelerator.com. That's talkaccelerator.com. You can also book in your complimentary idea clarity call there to talk through any potential ideas you may have. Get to the podcast. Right, this week, it's all about breaking your self-help addiction. We've got Brian D. Ridgeway on the line, and he's a number one international best-selling author known as the Spellbreaker. If you're thinking, what does that mean? Well, that's what we're going to dig into this whole episode. But really, we're going to be talking about why the end of self-improvement is the beginning of true freedom. So firstly, Brian, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? 100%, man. I'm excited to. Awesome. So, I mean, we, that was quite a brief introduction by me. Like, like a lot of my guests, the show could be filled with their bio of all these awesome things they've done. But is there anything else you'd like to add or highlight? What are you all about at the moment? Yeah, I can, I can give you two pieces. Number one, uh, I lived in a hell on earth for about 46 years, including 30 years of fanatical self-improvement, self-help, personal development, professional development, spiritual development. And my life got worse. And uh, I had an awakening experience that changed everything. We may talk more about that. And the other thread that ran concurrent with that is at a very early age, two or three, I discovered that I had this really strange ability to look at a person and listen to them for a few seconds. I don't have to hear their story or any details. I literally hear them speak for a few seconds and I could see exactly how they were holding themselves back and how they could stop holding themselves back. And so I was viewed as an alien uh, really like for the first 30 years of my life I everybody I met I just would tell them I would show them what they were doing and people were generally really impressed oh my god this is amazing for the first couple minutes or they just feared me but even the people that liked it within you know an hour or two they were like okay I don't like this guy can literally see everything about me almost like, but not quite mind reading. And so that added on top of everything else that the childhood that I went through and everything else, I couldn't have a friendship or relationship. I thought I was cursed. And then nine years ago, when I had that awakening experience after the 30 years of self-help, I had this awakening experience and I realized that it, this thing that I thought was a curse is actually a gift. And I have a really unique way of helping people that, I've never seen anything like it. My clients have never seen anything like it. So that's where I'm coming from today. Ah. Well, there's lots we can dig into there. But I mean, and just for logistically wise as well, origin style, where are you originally from location and where are you speaking to us from today? Because I know that's not your average answer as well. It's quite interesting. Yeah, well, if you ask most people, where's that guy from? They're going to say, not Earth. But so that's, it's a constant <laughs> joke in my life. This dude's not from Earth. And I don't know. I mean, it's a deep, deep topic. But I was born in Columbus, Ohio. I lived in South Carolina most of my life. And I traveled almost nonstop. So I have 
42 different accents. <laughs> and now I've been in Hawaii now for nine years. What brought you to Hawaii? Was it just because it's Hawaii or was there a specific reason? Or? Man, it, it's, that is a story that will take more than our interview, but I, I will say this. I was married at the time and we had a baby on the way and my now ex was having dreams over and over and over about dolphins and having the baby in or near the ocean. It happened night after night after night and she ended up, like it was, starting to really mess with her and she ended up getting on the internet and saw a video with the bay that she had been dreaming about and she found out that hundreds of women have had those dreams and have come to hawaii to have their kids like there's some connection between dolphins and babies and just you know one tidbit is that and i talk about oneness that's really one of my sticks is oneness the fact that dolphins have sonar so when a woman is nearby and pregnant the dolphins know it whether the woman's in the water because they're sending sonar they can sense that there's a baby in the womb and apparently there is communication between babies in the womb and dolphins and now there's a lot of research about it trippy trippy story okay i stepped off the plane onto this island and i've traveled the world man i've been everywhere and i stepped on this island and i went I am home. This is the place for me. So it's, it's tough to get me off this island. It's a good setup. I think last time we spoke as well, yeah, I could literally hear the Hawaiian birds were like ruining our audio, there, but in a yeah. nice way. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to touch on something I said in the introduction about, you know, why the end of self-improvement is the beginning of true freedom. And, and that may tie into your awakening moment that you touched on as well. Can you talk to us about yeah. what, what that means? And like for those listening, like what's it all about? Yeah, it, it totally ties in. And this is like, this is really deep. You know, I, I make no apologies, especially when, when I'm in a sh on a shorter interview. Um, I just go for the go for the heart of it. The this science, well, the seers through all time have known that there's only one being here and it's energy. And that that one being of energy shows up as a universe of seemingly separate things. And so I was studying that for many, many years and I had quantum physics, you know, under my belt. So the seers have known it for thousands and thousands of years, maybe forever. Quantum, apparently it got hidden when the Ali, um, Library of Alexandria, Egypt was uh, burned down um, hundreds of years ago. And Today, our quantum physicists, Einstein and Bohm, and they've all discovered, like, it doesn't matter what element you go into, there's nothing physical here. And so many people have encountered this information, and they talk about everything is energy, all is one, and we're in a state of infinite possibilities. Well, when I had that awakening experience in 2011, I stepped out of the physical world into, oh, whoa, everything is energy, and we are all one and oh geez this is different and so i discovered very quickly why self-help didn't work for me i discovered very quickly why is it what is the phrase that people use when they've been in self-help for a while it's self-help junkie it's universally known it's it's known in every country and every culture self-help junkies that's not an accident and it's not a joke it's the fact that the vast majority of self-help is rooted in the idea of self-improvement, which states that there is something wrong that needs to be improved. It, it's, it's summarized in the phrase that we all got in grade school, nobody's perfect, nobody's perfect, nobody's perfect. Everybody said it so many times that everybody believed it. When the fact is the ultimate truth behind all illusions, I don't care if you're talking about having a family, making money, growing a business, being healthy, it doesn't matter what area of human life. If everything is energy then living your life as if everything was physical and separate is the hardest way you could possibly live your life 
and 99% of self-help self and 100% of self-improvement is based in the physical Newtonian paradigm that says we're little separate physical meat suits in a giant machine that's going to kick our asses until we die. And everyone believes it even when they hear all is one. So this, this led me to this awareness. Wait a minute. The concept of self-improvement and self-growth are rooted in a lie that we can improve in the first place. People will, Brian, if you can't improve, what do you do? You can wake up to your perfection by undoing what you think and believe that you know. And so that's where I, even my book, it, I, I tossed the title out as a joke to, to my publisher. And she said, holy shit. <laughs> that's it, man. That's your tribe right there, buddy. Break your self-help addiction. Self-help junkie, you don't need another fix because you're not broken. So there you have it. And you probably touched on a few of the bits in there just to give the, the book its full title, you know, the five keys to total personal freedom. Hit us with some of them keys. Obviously, we're not going to be able to go in deep into them, but I just, yeah. you know, wet the appetite of what are the, the five keys. And if you want to go in deeper to one of them, feel free. Yeah. You know, and that's, I find that that's the best way for me to introduce the concept. And I'm going to go into the, the first key of actual shifting your core paradigm. And that is, I totally just alluded to it. For 400 years, and, and this is going to almost sound like conspiracy, but that's only because people conspired to do it. <laughs> so the, the Newtonian paradigm was adopted as the model of truth. The entirety of Western society has been based in the Newtonian paradigm for 400 years. The wise knew then that it was false, and yet today, our medical system, the entire medical system, our military system, our governmental educational systems, our health medical system, 100% based in the Newtonian paradigm. You're a separate little piece of meat in a giant clockwork universe. You look up New Newtonian paradigm, clockwork universe, and it's bigger than you and all the powers outside of you. And you're basically screwed from birth. They say life's a bitch and then you die, right? Only two things certain is death and taxes. Oh, there you have it. Okay. What a, what a way to raise our kids. Okay. Yeah. And we've all been literally beaten to death by sleepwalkers that bought the Newtonian paradigm. I mean, it's when, when I talk about the magnitude of this, it's, it, 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 it kind of comes up against our normalcy bias. We all kind of say, well, okay. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. That's a little too far out. But what I'm talking about is our daily lives. We're programmed by our entire societal system authoritatively the authorities including the idea that there are authorities outside of ourselves this newtonian paradigm is shoved down our throats and injected into our veins and you know it's a lie we're not physical and we're not separate and so the first the root to changing your life and self-help doesn't do this Self-help, ironically, is a lot like the pharmaceutical industry, which sells another fix. Oh, let's look at your symptoms. Let's put a name on Great it and let's point. sell you the prescription. Okay. So no one would ever realize that unless they completely woke up. And ironically, listen, Adam, I don't put other human beings down because we're all one. You know, I, I stand my ground and I don't put anybody else down while I'm standing my ground. It's what it is. And the self-help industry is run by, it's an, it's an industry. The self-help 
industry, the pharmaceutical industry, right? So they're not teaching change your core paradigm of what you are. They're talking about rewiring your brain and changing your point of attraction and all this superficial stuff. It's kind of like if your roots are, are damaged and everybody's selling how to polish your leaves so you look good. It doesn't make any damn sense. And so, and, and then, and then they tell everybody, don't be negative. You, if you, if you talk about issues <laughs> and if you feel your emotions, you're being negative and you're going to attract bad. So everybody's trapped in this terror of being negative. All right. So that first key, change your core paradigm, whatever it takes. And I have a whole lot in the other keys to help people do it change your core paradigm step out of the newtonian paradigm completely don't just say oh yeah i get that one this thing now let me go battle for enough bananas to get through the week again no change you've got to change it so i provide tools and practices to do it and then a lot of the rest really it, it roots in things you can change in your life to begin to live in that paradigm and what happens is you discover wait a minute <laughs> i'm starting to notice this thing that people call synchronicities but I'm now aware there are no synchronicities. That's part of the misperception. There is only synchronicity. And in fact, there is only synchronicity. There's one infinite being here at the root of me and you. It's the same one. There's no two. And so that leads you to living in oneness. Change your paradigm, the synchronicity. What are the other three? Someone's got to get the book to get the full, the full shebang. But just... Yeah, I, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give I'm gonna give three of the keys. So the, okay. the third one has to do with your physiology. And this is really okay. We talk about dolphins and babies, right? So oh, this yeah, is gonna yeah. be let's, let's get this to is this. Kinda, this be good. Yeah, this is kind of trippy. All right. So I'm gonna talk about the breath for a minute. And and I I admire Wim Hof's work, but this has nothing to do with that. I'm in yoga, there's all kind of traditions around the world where there's breath techniques. What I discovered is, is literally shocking and virtually unbelievable. So university studies have been done globally that have shown that over 97% of human beings breathe at less than 12% of their lung capacity. Okay. Now, when you, you think well, that's an epidemic beyond anything we've ever heard on any other topic, and what, well, who cares about air? Well, let's see, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of all human needs, the one you die without first is air. And we think we know what air is because science under the Newtonian paradigm told us, well, we know what air is, it's, it's atoms and it, oh, and by the way, it's, let me sound really intelligent, it's atoms of hydrogen and oxygen, nitrogen, all, like as if we knew a damn thing. But when you go down into an atom of hydrogen or helium or nitrogen or any of them, what you find is that it's not physical. No, there's not little balls circling a solid ball. <laughs> it's friggin' energy vibrating in and out of existence that is conscious and aware, living energy, light blinking in and out of existence, which means that when we take a breath, one breath, we breathe in quintillions of quadrillions of living, conscious, blinking energy that has been in the farthest star that was in our neighbor's fart, that off gas from our <laughs> carpet, from, the, from, from Jesus' elbow. I love the elbow. two extremes there. <laughs> yeah, man. From, from Jesus' elbow, atoms that have been recycling through the one being that is. So literally, we're sharing each other's organs and atoms cosmically with every inhale and on every exhale the atoms 
from stars and planets and squirrel farts and all this is is going out of ourselves so that our entire body is literally replaced every atom in our entire body is replaced in every 22 months less than two years you don't have an atom in your body that was there two years ago not one atom now how could a disease stay for three years if every atom's replaced because you're holding it by what you believe and the feelings you're repressing so the key i mean i i could go on for hours about breath and i do <laughs> but we won't today so the bottom line is that your emotions and your mentality is frozen in place when you don't breathe adequately it actually makes you stagnant they say you can't step in the same river twice right well you can't be in the same body for two seconds because it's literally recycling the universe right and the universe is breathing us as much as we're breathing it as children we learn that it's not safe to express our emotions we were shown if you cry oh i'll give you something to cry about if we were scared they said i'm going to teach my kids self-sufficiency and self-sufficiency and push them to do what they fear devastating to us our fear is not welcome our anger when we attempted to express our anger they said <laughs> i'm a little bigger than you are and my anger is bigger we had nowhere to go so then the biggest insult of all was when we expressed our joy and they said could you shut that racket up please i'm trying to work and we said we learned it is not okay for me to express my emotions and there is only one way in this world adam for someone to safely consistently not express their emotions and that is to shrink their breathing down to about 10 percent of their capacity which turns the nervous system off their their frontal lobes their most advanced parts of their brain switch off the mammalian brain goes half asleep and we're in our lizard brain in fight or flight wondering why our lives are a freaking disaster and why everybody's frantic all the time is mind-blowing so i don't teach people a breathing technique i show them how to breathe in a way that actually brings them alive again i absolutely loved how you you know described and explained the breathing and you know recycling and <laughs> squirrel farts to stars that is awesome i loved all that it's mind-blowing stuff yeah, man you know, we're all sleepwalking in the midst of this miracle because this is not the sort of thing that you'd be like in a careers class when you're younger. No, so yeah, no, where did that. Train? I mean, the name, the spell break, the spell right. breaker. That's quite a title. You could go into depth about all of these areas for hours. Talk to us about like how you got there. And, and, and also, this is a bit of a long-winded question, but a time, if relevant, when you really had to battle and fight to awaken your alpha, when it was like you talk about people's lives being crap or just, you know, when you have to like get a handle on stuff, a, ch a real challenge for you. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, my, my life was the challenge. So here's, here's the 500 year story in a couple minutes as best <laughs> I can. So I was born into hell. I was convinced my dad was a six foot four angry Irishman that had left the military angry. And he married my mom who had very low self-esteem and just people would say that's a negative woman. There's no such thing as a negative person. That is such insane bullshit to label people as negative. What it was she? What did she go through, and why does she feel the way she feels? So she had a really tough childhood. He had an extremely abusive childhood. They got together miserable, and I was the child of that misery, that anger, and that low self-esteem. So that's what I came up with. My my pro my title before Spellbreaker was stupid, ugly, worthless piece of shit because that's what I was taught for 17 years with physical abuse guaranteed basically every day, and so I came out of that at 17. I got in trouble with the law. 
I ended up starting in a rock band when I was 18. I played music and partied all, all night, every night that I could and slept all day, avoiding life as best I could. But at 18, my misery was so great that I discovered self-help and I became that self, that world you know, class self-help junkie. 30 years of working on myself. Fortunately, I, my first son was born when I was 23. And if it weren't for him, I would have killed myself. Like this, this guy is what awakened my alpha. Because when I found out, I, I had always said, I'll never have a kid. I'll never have a kid. Oh shit, I'm having a kid. <laughs> and, and, and man, everything in me, I cannot and I will not be like my dad. And I know a lot of people that have made that who now find themselves being their dad. Okay. I said, I can't, I just, I can't, I, I will kill myself before. And now that I have a kid, I can't kill myself. Like I couldn't do that to my kid. So that, that was the beginning for me really. And the, the irony is that over all those years, Adam, I literally never met a person that I couldn't help with their deepest issue. And I had people coming to me, like I'd sit down somewhere in a restaurant, someone comes sit beside me, just, dude, I feel like I can talk to you, man. Next thing I know, they're telling me their issue. And I say, well, would you be open to help with that? And they would look at me after 15 minutes of talking, they would look at me like, what the hell did you just do? I don't know. I don't understand what you just did, but I, I feel completely different. And that issue that I've been carrying for 30 years, it's not, it's not even there anymore. Like, I don't think I could bring it back. And so I was always able to help others out of their hell and yeah. nothing I was learning. I'm doing 300 grand. I spent over 30 years, tens of thousands of hours, fanatically working on my own self-help, trying to find out what was wrong with me so I could fix it, which is the essence of self-improvement. The, the key to me stepping into my alpha, ironically, was absolute, utter, total, complete surrender. I had lost everything for the seventh time. I, I kept making more money and losing it, making more money and losing it. The seventh time it happened, I looked in the mirror and I said, you know, if I had a judge that was watching this, they would say, Brian is innocent. He, he's been stupid, but he's, he's innocent. This is seven times where people either screwed him out of hundreds of thousands of dollars or he brought them millions in business and then somehow they went bankrupt. It's like these seven impossible situations where Brian got screwed over. And for those of you that can't see me, I'm putting that in quotes because no one can be screwed over. No one can be burned and no one can be taken advantage of. That's a misunderstanding of what's happening in this world. But I believe, at that time, I believed it had happened. And I looked in the mirror and I said, but ultimately there's only one common denominator in all seven of those even though you're innocent there's only one common denominator in all seven and you've learned enough of this quantum physics and this law of attraction stuff whether any of that's true or not you know brian beyond the shadow of a doubt you're the one causing it all and i said okay that's it until i figure out how this is me that's creating my entire life i'm not going to let myself make another dime so they took the mercedes and they took the house and I was homeless and I walked 10 miles a day average for a few months with the question, how is it me? How did I do this? How did I create this situation? How was it me? How am I responsible for this? And the things I learned and uncovered during those three months that, that, that it took for me to see how I had created exactly how it was me. Oh my God, man. The stories that'll come out someday, you know, I'll write a few more books yeah. about it. I love the <laughs> awareness that you just had to just stop. Because that's the, like you say, seven times, a lot of people didn't do eight times, nine times, 10 times, because to just stop and be like, hey, and I love when you said about, you know, getting screwed over, 
I feel like I'm going to align with you on that. And also, I feel like your view might even be more extreme. And so I want to hear, what do you mean by like, you can't get screwed over? Because I like the sound of this. Let's just dig into that for a second. All right. I, I love it. It's one of my favorite topics. Okay. So I'm a firm believer. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't want to lie. I'm an absolute knower that there is no such thing as a victim in this universe. And if all is one, this is so ironic because I have so many spiritual friends. I'm putting the word spiritual in quotes for you guys that can't, <laughs> that can't see me. I have so many spiritual friends who out of one side of their mouth, they say everything is energy and all is one. And then they go into how they got screwed over and all their victim stories and they're joining all these victim movements. Okay, I'm not gonna name any of them. And there is a political ideology that's incredibly popular, hundreds of millions of people around the world, that is rooted absolutely, utterly, totally, and completely in victim oppressor philosophy and ideology that locks you into a place where you're, you're, you're focused automatically on who's at fault. That's the first question is who's at fault or who's to blame. Mm. Well, if everything is energy and if all is one, Number one, there can't be any mistakes. There can't be any accidents. Everything in our philosophies and in our paradigms about life and relationships and connection with other people is utterly, absolutely bullshit false because it's based on a false fundamental presumption that we're separate beings in a physical universe. So all the philosophies that arise from it, 99.999% of everything we think and believe that we know is error. It's total error. And I'm not exaggerating with my number because there's no physical universe here. If there's no physical universe and everything is light, who is there to screw anybody else over? We're having this perception that we are separate from each other and we're battling in this illusion of scarcity to get enough for ourselves. Even when people say abundance, they say, I would like more abundance for me and mine. But that is not the definition of, that, that. That flies in the face of the definition of <laughs> abundance, which means, yeah. Yeah, it means infinite for everybody. So see, it's, it's this one side of the mouth says, all is one. And out of the other side, they say, but I'll kick your ass if you take my stuff. And on one side of our mouth, we say everything is energy. And then out of the other side of our mouth, we go fighting with physicality. This, this is the conundrum that most of the people that come to me have been working on themselves for decades. And they're, they're at the end of their rope, kind of like where I was. I mean, I'm literally my top 50% of my clients, the people that go to the top with me, their average years that they've been in self-help is 25. 40% of my clients are coaches, therapists, healers, energy workers that are helping everybody else, but they reach that point like this shit ain't working. And so to seal that up, how can I say nobody can get screwed over? Because every single thing that happens in this universe is me showing myself things to invite me to wake up. The person who did you the worst, I'm putting that in quotes, everybody, the person who screwed you over the worst, the person that stabbed you in the back is an angel, which simply means messenger. There's no woo-woo crazy shit about this. The other is a cell in your body. And it's showing you what you believe about yourself and the universe so that you can choose again and become conscious and look at it and say, okay, that couldn't have happened for me unless I believed it, I take responsibility. And this leads to, there's a, an ancient Hawaiian system called Ho'oponopono. A lot of people are talking about it in a kind of a superficial way. Ho'oponopono is a way of understanding 
it's all me. What I see, smell, taste here, this universe is actually my body. What I've been calling Brian, this little chunk of meat here, is actually a cell in the body of the one, as evidenced by every time I inhale, I'm breathing the universe in. Every time I breathe out, the universe is breathing me out. There's only one being here, so there's no victims. I'm responsible for everything. Responsibility. When we were children, we learned responsibility as if it were a curse. You're responsible. Who's responsible for this? Like it's universally done, but actually what responsibility means is your ability to respond. You have the ability to respond to what is. And so when they taught us responsibility in the Newtonian paradigm, it came with the connotations and the associations of blame, punishment, in trouble, bad outcomes. And so everybody's unconsciously terrified of responsibility and no clue that they are terrified of it and that they're resisting it and pushing away everything they want. Okay. But responsibility, when you embrace responsibility, wait, I'm responsible for the universe. I can respond no matter what anybody says or does on any level, even at the global level, I have the ability to respond from choice. And suddenly you find you were living in heaven the entire time. That looked like hell. Your reasoning for responsibility and why a lot of people have such an issue with it, that's one of the best explanations, kind of the background behind that. I love that. So we're going to wrap this up now with a little alpha round, as I always do. So I like to start that off with, and there's lots of quote-worthy things you've been saying, but is there an all-time favorite quote of yours that really sums up your approach to life? This would almost be a toughie for me because I'm like a quote slut, man. I am just, I love great, powerful quotes, man. So my favorite is, I awaken to find that my only tormentor all along was that part of me left over from yesterday. So whether I look at Trump or whether I look at Russia or whether I look at the Nazis or anti, no matter who I look at, if I don't like it, it's the part of me that I'm seeing that I'm in denial. That's how I'm tormenting myself. All the stuff I've dragged from yesterday across that septillionth of a second gap. When the universe appears and disappears, appears and disappears, appears and disappears a septillion times per second. All the things I think and believe that I know that I drag across that gap that I could have dropped and been free, that's my only tormentor. Is there a particular impactful book for you that you either read at the right time or it might not be your favorite book or it might be, but you just, it was the book that you read and it really was a crucial time and it's what you needed to hear. I have about a hundred of those. And the first one that comes up to my mind right now is, um, I. Many say it is controversial. No, it's not controversial. It's, it's what it is, and many people find controversy in it. It's Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. That book woke me up to so many things that were going on around me. It's so incredibly brilliant and prophetic and just the scope of it, man. It's, it is an absolute life changer. I mean, I'm not responsible for what happens after you read it because it is going to be... All throughout this episode, I keep thinking at certain points when you say I'm not responsible, it's like whether you take the blue pill or the red pill. I keep thinking at times, do you feel like Neo in the Matrix or Morpheus? And also, what is your take on that film? Briefly, I just want to, I wanted to ask, I was curious to know your thoughts. Well, you, you might regret asking me that because I'm going to tell you the, I'm going to tell you the truth. We're all Neo. Every one of us is Neo. And the Matrix 
is not a movie. It's actually a documentary about what the, um, there are several supra-governmental groups, um, Council on Foreign Relations and all these others. If, if, if anybody wants to look, and, and it's not pleasant, but if you look at Agenda 21 and uh, Agenda 30, uh, 2030, there is a plan at the controller level to basically weave human beings into artificial intelligence and put us in a dream. And that plan is well underway. It is well underway. It consists of moving all human beings into smart cities with 5G and then an injection. You know, remember the injection that uh, Neo got? It was a big robot looking thing. Um, Bill Gates is working on something much, 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 much smaller, nanotechnology. And uh, there's some fascinating stuff out there. And, you know, a whole bunch of people right now just, oh, he lost me on the conspiracy stuff. Well, that, that's an easy choice to make. No, I wanted you to can... ask about Matrix. There's a few things you said, and I'm like, yeah, I can see the parallels. So it's, it's in, I thought you, you know, said it's yeah. more of a document. Interesting, interesting. Okay. And if people want to continue the conversation, because this time has flown and we're already like over on your, you know, I want to be respectful of your time. What is the best way to continue the conversation to connect with you? Yeah, um, my YouTube channel, um, the, if you just look for the user level five mentor, um, that will take you to my YouTube channel. And I'm up until now, I've been very active on Facebook. I don't know how much longer that will be. Um, so Brian D. Ridgway is a little bit awkward because two words that are easy to misspell, Brian B. I guess we can share a link. Um, and really, if you go grab my book, it's, it's on Amazon for sale. And we have it still at this moment free on my website, breakyourselfhelpaddiction.com. All three of those um, will get you into my circle where we can communicate perfect and having gone through the interview who from your networks i know you work with a lot of high level people and obviously you've been around the self-help like you said for like 30 plus years and then kind of coming out the other side who do you think would be a great interview for the awaken your alpha podcast from your network who could you recommend angela loria she is uh an absolute alpha woman like beyond she's just amazing and she's she helps authors to she's helped hundreds now hundreds of authors become international bestsellers and formulate their message in the most clean powerful way this lady she is legendary man awesome sounds like great recommendations and thank you so much for your time today brian thank you very much adam it's been awesome the awaken your alpha podcast live limitless this podcast is brought to you by The Talk Accelerator, helping thought leaders increase influence, income, and impact by achieving their talk. If you'd like to find out more about how you can get onto the red spot, please do head over to talkaccelerator.com. That's talkaccelerator.com. You can also book in your complimentary idea clarity call there to talk through any potential ideas you may have. What is your idea worth sharing? I'd love to hear about it and I'd love to speak with you very soon.